say that it is commended for all of our attendance. Many there are some holes in here tonight, but that is because of the fireworks booth, which is a great fundraiser for all of our young people. We have the fireworks booth on Brundage and Fairfax and the one on Rosedale and Jouette. So we got the two separate spectrums of town, one on the east side, one on the west side. So if you need fireworks, please stop by. If you want to bring some refreshments to those people working in those hot, dusty booths, that would be greatly appreciated too. Thank you for your faithfulness tonight. I'm ready to hear the word of God. And tonight, my friend, the evangelist is coming to preach. Let's welcome Brother C.J. Casey to this pulpit. Praise God. Amen. Let's lift him up right now. Thank you, Jesus. We love you tonight. We praise you, God, for another opportunity being in the house of God. Lord, you are so good to us, so great to us. We cannot praise you and worship you enough. Amen, 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 amen. Praise God. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. It is so good to be in the house of God tonight. I'm always thankful for the opportunity to preach to this great church, my home, my friends, my family. I love you all. I love my pastor, my bishop. Thankful for all of you. Amen. And with that said, let's get into the Word of God. If you could turn with me, please, to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. James chapter 4, starting at verse number 13. I believe that's what it says. My eyesight's going, so let's hope for the best. James chapter 4, verse 13, it says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city, and continue there a year, and buy and sell, and get gain. Verse 14, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. I want to talk a little bit to you tonight, teach a little bit on running out of time. Running out of time. Let's pray one last time. Ask God to have his way. Lord Jesus, we ask you one more time to have your way tonight, God. Speak to each and every one of our hearts. Open our minds, our hearts to you to receive what you have for your people. We give you praise, honor, and glory in everything in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Running out of time. You know, us as humanity often blows my mind. Sometimes in a very good way, when I think about humanity, I think how smart we seem to be getting, how much technology has progressed, the inventions that have come, and how far we've come, and like, why didn't we think of some of this thing, these things 20, 30 years ago? And we're continuously progressing, and when I think of those things, humanity really is fascinating in some senses. And even physically, 
some of these people that I read about, these runners that run 100 miles at a time and just push their bodies to the absolute limit, just blows my mind how they're able to tap into that. But then there's other parts of humanity that also boggle my mind. It's the part of a lot of us here that seem to ignore warnings. Just as humanity, it's, it's who we are. It's what we do. And most of us in here might be saying right now, well, that's not me. But really think about all the warnings that have come across in this world that we see daily on aspirin bottles and, and all the different things that we were putting things together. And there's all these warnings, don't do this, do that, don't go there, don't touch that. But yet we as humanity always love to push the envelope and see if we can get by with it just this once. It's crazy to me to think that you actually have to have a helmet law for people to put on helmets. If you go to states where there is not a helmet law, they are not wearing helmets. There are still places that people do this. Is that not crazy? Because for me, I kind of like my brains in my head. And that's what the helmet is supposed to do. It's supposed to keep the brains in the skull, not let them come out of the skull. But yet, you still tell people to wear helmets, and they're still not going to wear helmets. They're ignoring the warning signs. They're ignoring the warning. You may not want to do that. I'm still boggled that there are still people today that still don't wear their seatbelt. There are people in here, in this building, that I know for a fact don't wear their seatbelt. Why? There's a reason why it's a law. Because it's trying to save you. It's trying to help you. There's a purpose. They're not just saying, hey, wear this seatbelt because we're trying to be, crack down on, on your freedoms. No, we're trying to keep you inside of a car if you get into a wreck. If there's an accident, we don't want you flying through the windshield. And so there's this warning. Wear your seatbelt, please. But yet there's still people that refuse to wear their seatbelt. For what reason, I do not know. Maybe some people think that I am going to defy gravity if I get into a wreck. If I get into an accident, I'm not going to go flying out of the car. I'm fine. Or maybe some people just have that much confidence in their driving. But I do believe in the seatbelt. I wear mine. I remember when Pierce was... One month old, we were traveling back from Los Angeles. It was right after Thanksgiving. We were coming home, and we got into a really bad accident. Not my fault. Uh, we were rear-ended. But I remember that day, we were in, the, in my green Camaro, and so it was already kind of tight back there, but it did not stop me from taking the proper precautions, making sure that the car seat was in there properly, making sure that my son was buckled up, and all of this, these things. And when we got into the wreck, my wife instantly, first thing she could think about was Pierce. She gets out of the car, goes to the back seat, and the first thing that she notices is that his socks are missing. 
the wreck had literally knocked his socks off. The impact. Now, I'm thankful for the seat belt and for the car seat because that kept him in place, but it did not keep his socks in place. But there is a purpose and a reason for these warnings. But then there are some warnings that we as humanity do take very seriously. And my wife is one who takes these very, very seriously. And that's expiration dates. Everything you have has an expiration date on it. Almost everything you own, especially if it's in the refrigerator, there is an expiration date telling you when it is going to expire. How they come up with these dates, I still do not know. But they've got it figured out, especially on your milk. And I'm telling you, that is, that is a warning that most of us do not ignore. You will not wear your seatbelt. You will not wear a helmet. But if you see an expiration date and it says July 1st, today's July 2nd, people start freaking out. They start losing their minds. What is going on? The milk carton says July 1st. Are we going to drink that? Well, I want a bowl of cereal. Well, smell it. Well, I don't want to smell it. You smell it. Well, what's it supposed to smell like? It's milk. And then we smell it. And if it smells okay, then we get this huge punch bowl worth of cereal because we don't want the milk to go to waste. And we're so afraid if it goes another day, then we're not going to have milk. But these are things that my wife takes expiration dates very seriously. And I'm the exact opposite. When I see an expiration date, I think of it as a suggestion. Best buy, right? It's best used by, but hey, what a, so what, we're a month or two past. It's still good. But not my wife. My wife sees that, and she takes that as an absolute warning. That is when it is expired, and it is no longer good. But we as society and we as people, we have expiration dates. Every one of us in here has an expiration date. Nobody in here is going to live forever. Thankfully, it's not written on our arm like it is on the carton of milk. You do not know what your day is. You do not know that moment that God is going to take you out of here. Just as the verse says that I read, it said, for what is your life? It is even as a vapor. It appeareth for a moment and then it's gone. Your life has an expiration date on it. But I personally am thankful that I don't know the day. I don't know what day that God is going to call me home. But I know that while I'm here, there's certain things that I got to do to get right. There's certain things that I got to do to make sure that when my expiration day comes, I have a greater tomorrow. I have a brighter future when I'm right and my spirit's right. Amen. But we all have expiration dates. On us. But I'm thankful that there are some things in life that does not have an expiration. 
this right here does not have an expiration date. The word of God does not have an expiration date. You can search this thing from beginning to end and you will not find an end date that says this is no longer valuable once you reach this day. Once you reach 2025, this no longer holds any weight. This no longer means anything. But in fact, in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 4, it says, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 21 and verse 33 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Amen. You and I have expiration dates, but this word has been here long before us, and it's going to be here long after us. And I'm thankful that I have something that I can hold on to, uh, that I can stand upon, that I can believe in. <laughs> Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 26. Again, my eyesight's bad. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, but this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. This word is never going to fade away, church. This isn't going anywhere. Praise God. This is still the number one bestseller in all the world. No Harry Potter book is ever going to pass it. No J.R.R. Tolkien book is ever going to pass it. There's no book that's ever going to pass us because this still holds value. There's something in this book uh, that we still believe in, that we can hold on to, that can take us someplace. Praise God. The word never becomes irrelevant. There's never a point where all of a sudden, because it doesn't fit my lifestyle. Well, it's no longer correct. You know, it doesn't fit the way I believe anymore, so that's no longer valuable to me. No matter how you believe or where you're at spiritually, the Word of God is still powerful. Amen. It is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder. It never becomes dull. A no amount of time can make this dull. It still is powerful. It still is strong. And it still preaches to the lost and those who are hurting and those who are suffering. Because there is power in the word of God. Power in the word of God. There is no expiration date on it. The words in here don't just become invaluable because we change the way we think. Holiness is still important. There's no expiration date on holiness. The Bible says, be ye holy as he is holy. That's forever. Well, well, it doesn't apply to me. Let me rip those pages out of the word of God because I don't need that anymore. Wrong. Whether you need it or not, it's still right. It's still holy. It's still able to keep you. Holiness is still important. You can't take it away because your mindset has changed. The way you want to live has changed. There's still things that we stand for, and it's in this book. 
and it's not going anywhere. Humanity wants to say, but that was just for an era. That was just for a certain time. There was a reason why they dressed like that and acted like that. But we don't believe that way. We believe that God's word was the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's never changing. If we believed it back then, we're going to believe it today. We're not going to just maneuver it and change it just to fit what we want to do or someplace we want to go. We're still standing on the word of God. Amen. Amen. Has no expiration date. This book is not running out of time as you and I are. We may be running out of time, but this book is not. It is timeless. It is ever growing. Holiness is not running out of time. The doctrines that are in this book are not running out of time. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, has not expired. This verse has not expired. It has not changed. Just because times have changed doesn't mean all of a sudden there's three gods. Just because things have changed and this world around us is changing doesn't mean the doctrine has changed. Hallelujah. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 9 it says, Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. This world is trying to change the doctrine, but it doesn't change. I was in the mall just the other day, and somebody came up to me and said, sir, can I ask you a question? I said, absolutely, go ahead. He's all, do you believe in God the mother? And I said, I believe in God the father. He's all, well, then you should believe in God the mother. I said, I think you're crazy. Trying to preach to me something that is not in this Bible? I'm sorry, but that's false doctrine. If it's not in here, I'm not going to believe it. But if it's in here, I'm still going to believe in one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. That's the doctrine I believe because it doesn't expire. It's not going anywhere. God the mother trying to tell me that there's two gods. That's what he told me. He tried to tell me. Oh, there's two gods. There's God the father and God the mother. I'm like, you're talking to the wrong guy, bro. You better find you somebody else because we're going to have problems. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because I still believe in this word. Amen. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I still believe in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This promise does not expire, church. This gift does not expire. 
This gift was not for them back then and, and somebody and some other time. But the next verse says, for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That means for me, for my grandparents, for my great-grandchildren, it's never going to stop being real. It's never going to stop being a promise. It's never going to stop being a gift. But this is something you can get hold of because it ain't going anywhere. It's not expiring. It's not quitting, but it's going forward. <laughs> Praise God. The Holy Ghost will always be there. You are not running out of time in the sense of finding the Holy Ghost. As long as you still have breath in your lungs, the Holy Ghost is still a promise. It's still a gift that God wants to give to everybody. As the musicians come, I'm thankful for things that are not running out of time. And this is why we, as a people who are running out of time, who do have an expiration date, we need something that does not. We need something that does not. This world wants to live off of their own morals off of their own ways, their own thoughts, their own ways of thinking. But I want something that's greater than me. I want something that's bigger than me. I'm mortal. I'm corruptible. But I believe in a God that is incorruptible. I believe in a God that is never changing. I believe in a God that can take a young man like me out of a, out of a ghetto and out of Oildale and out of a drug-ridden family and place him somewhere and keep him and mold him in the midst of it all. I believe in that type of God. And that God has not changed. He is still doing the work. He is still reaching people. He is still saving souls. He is still filling people with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Praise God. He is not expiring. He is not running out of time. But you and I are. We are running out of time. That's why it's important for us to fall in love with this word. And the Bible said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. We have to get hold of the one thing that's never going to expire. Before our time is up, before it's too late for you and I, we have a God that we can get hold of. As we stand, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, reading verse, starting at verse 40, says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, 
for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Praise God. Death will be swallowed up in victory. But this mortal has to grab something that's immortal. We got to get hold of the immortal God. We got to get hold of something that is real. Something that can keep us. Something that will guide us and direct us. Oh God, I don't want to do this on my own. But before I run out of time, I want to get hold of something that's real. Praise God. Praise God. As they sing, we just raise our hands right now all across this building. God, we need you tonight, Lord. God, I'm thankful for a God that does not expire. I'm thankful for a God that does not, that is not mortal as I am. Oh, Jesus. 